Hello and welcome, friends, to this week's edition of Sustainability Now with me, Justin Mogg, here on your community radio station. We are Forward Radio WFMP, broadcasting from the historic Hayburn Building at 106.5 FM, and we live stream to the world at forwardradio.org. Whether you're listening now or in the future, future on our podcast versions of our programs, you can go to forwardradio.org and become a part of our community radio station. We built it for for you. It's radio for the people, by the people. And that means you can get behind these microphones, unlike any other station in town. We can get you right behind these microphones. If you've got an idea you want to share, if you've got a community you're passionate about, a topics, an issue that you want to do a show about, whether it's a one-time access hour or a weekly program like this, we would love to have you on our station. And we also rely entirely on your contributions to keep us on air. It only costs $20 a day. What a steal for this great community radio station, right? So chip in, everybody, and together we can do it. Go to forwardradio.org today and become a part of the station. Well, what we do each week on Sustainability Now is we bring in folks from around the community and pick their brains about sustainability, and I am really excited to finally have a chance to sit down with my friend and neighbor, Emily Coleman. Welcome, Emily. Thank you, Justin. Emily and I got to know each other when she used to work at UofL for the Environment Institute and was on our Health Sciences Center green team, and actually I very first learned of you through our National Bike Challenge, which you ended up walking away with a grand prize in. I did. (laughs) (laughs) So she's a fellow bike commuter as well, which I hope we get a chance to talk about today. Uh, And her new project is on social media, on Instagram. We're going to talk more about this, but I can't wait to learn the story. But you can find her on Instagram at tired of being a chicken. <laughs> this is That's great. right. Great. I hope we're not bashing urban chicken raising on this. Oh, no. Definitely supportive. <laughs> good, good, good. So the theme for today's conversation is all about how sustainability is for everyone. I think that's going to be your message today, Emily, that it's not about like suffering or being some elite stoic person or a green superhero, right? That it really is something that everybody has a role in and everybody can dive into. So tell us your own story, Emily, of getting into green centric living. Yes. Uh, I've been thinking about this story a lot in the last couple of days yeah. as I prepared for the radio show. <laughs> but I've always like loved nature and, and been kind of a crunchy person, I guess. But I, I think that I really started getting into sustainability because I was trying to save money in college. Right. And it started when I couldn't afford to buy the parking pass to park nice. <laughs> on campus, which those things are really expensive. Yeah. And I would take the bus mostly. Okay. And it ended up being one of, it was like a 45 minute bus ride, but it was great. Like I didn't have to worry about traffic and I could study on the bus on the way there. And it was, it felt like time I was getting back right? rather than time that I was losing. And kind of as I wasn't in college anymore, I brought that attitude with me. And a lot of times when I had new jobs, I would choose to bus or walk instead of drive. And then eventually that kind of transitioned into bike commuting. I always liked riding a bike, but it took me a long time to get comfortable Mm. riding with traffic. And then I also, I worked in service industry for a while. And in service industry, like they don't buy paper towels, they use bar mops and towels and they have a laundry service and I would come home on accident with the towels and I kind of got like a little (laughs) collection of towels at home 
<laughs> and I stopped buying paper towels because I had these rags and it kind of morphed into like a fun game of like, what else can I stop yeah. buying? And for me, it was really more about saving money. And at some point <laughs> that bled into the like, but it's also good for the environment. And that also makes me feel good. And I like I couldn't pinpoint the time in my life where it switched from trying to save money to really being excited about saving the environment as yeah. well. Yeah. They just kind of married and morphed into kind of the same thing. So. There are so many reasons to do all of these things in sustainability that maybe have nothing to do with even environmental impact, right? Or the greatest crisis facing humanity, right? I mean, yes, there are those benefits, but we may not even understand them at the beginning, yes. right? Mm -hmm. And what I always tell people about biking, especially, is that, yeah, I do it because it saves me an incredible <laughs> amount really of does. money and hassle. Yes. The yes. fact that I never once have had to ask somebody, where where would I park? And mm -hmm. How do I find free parking? And I've never woken up in the morning and found a dead battery on my bicycle and I can't go anywhere. Right. <laughs> um, it's just liberating for me. And it's fun, too. Yes, yes. And the way that I really started bike commuting full time actually was that I had a car but it was always breaking down <laughs> and it would break down and I would think well I'll just take the bus or walk or bike for you know a week or two till I can get my car in the shop and then the next time it broke down it was like a month and the next time it broke down it was three months and finally I realized my car had been broken down for a year <laughs> and I had been paying insurance on it and it was just sitting in the driveway and that's when I realized I obviously don't need that anymore. Like I have been living happily without it. And that was the moment that I decided I, I was just going to get rid of it. So. so it's like the Marie Kondo approach to sustainability. Is this bringing me joy? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I clearly like didn't feel like investing in it anymore. So. That is awesome. Yeah. So tell us where, first of all, more of this story about where you were from in college. Where was this that you were first learning about transit and getting into it? Yeah, this was in Austin, Texas. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now I've never really been there. I've been through there on the train. But tell us what it's like in Austin to be car free. Well, when I was growing, I'm from Austin, born and raised there. And when I was growing up there, it was okay. There weren't a ton of bike lanes. Austin also has some hills. So that can be a challenge. But I started out just biking to my local coffee shop. Mm. And that was really the only place that I biked to for a long time. And then now when you go there, I mean, there's traffic lights for bicycles there. And really? Yeah, there's like special bike lanes all over the city. It's great. Wow. Um, they've really come a long way. I think they're starting to be known as like a bike, a national bike city. But it's not just bikes, it's transit too, right? Yes, I think so. I always like the buses there. The locals complain about them, but right. I think that happens everywhere. People complain about public transit. It's never perfect. Yeah, but I, I always had a good time with it. I never had too much of a problem. My, my transit tip is to always show up at your bus stop 10 minutes before the scheduled time the bus is supposed to be there. Right, right. Which kind of sucks, but, you know, again, I, I like, like having the time to myself <laughs> when I'm on public transit and having extra time to read a book or whatever. So I yeah. never really minded that much. Leave the driving to us, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and now how do you get around in Louisville? Uh, I still bike. I, yeah? I still, I don't have a car and I bike everywhere. I bike pretty much every day. Yeah. Um, and I listened to your show last week with your family. Oh yeah, and, good. And they said something that resonated with me, which is that 
because I've been biking for so long, like when we decided to buy our house, like we looked at houses in an area that I knew I'd be comfortable biking in. I choose jobs typically that are close enough for me to bike to. And so I just kind of base my life around the assumption that like, I'm going to want to be biking everywhere. It makes all the difference. I was just talking today with a colleague at UofL who's just getting into biking now. Like she's just discovered it. She has a new uh, partner who's really into it and got her into it. And so they're biking all the time, mostly even just for recreation. But she was like, Man, it really stinks that I live so far away from work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we lump all these benefits of, I don't know, these perceived benefits of living uh, far away from the downtown. I don't know. I'm not going to even presume why people <laughs> do that. But then we miss out on all of the tons of benefits of, man, what if you could live without a car, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just blows people's minds in Louisville because everybody's so car-centric. Even people who do live downtown, most people are thinking about out. I've got to get my car from A to B instead of get myself from A to B, right? And, yeah, yeah, It's such totally. a different way of seeing the world, and and you get to wave to your neighbors. Like, occasionally yes. I'll see you out on your, oh, yeah, yeah. On your lawn. I see you guys go by all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's how you yeah. first got to meet Amanda or think about, who's this yeah, woman? Yeah, I go yeah. pass my house on a bike every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, totally. I saw her go by, and I was like, I must meet that person. <laughs> There's another woman bike commuter in my neighborhood, and I want to know that. I, th- I think there's more of us than people realize. I don't know that there. We used to have car-free happy hours in Louisville back Ooh. in the day, which was a lot of fun. There's there isn't anything like that. There's a very strong recreational cycling community, mm-hmm. and they do hangouts and stuff. But in terms of like the bike commuter community, I don't know that there really is much of one right now, which is unfortunate. <laughs> but I do see people out, and of course, a lot of the people I see riding bikes for transportation have no other option. Mm-hmm. And I wish it was like safer for them and that they had better bikes and all that stuff. But there's definitely, I saw a bike commuter on my way into work today and one just coming here to the station just now. So I saw one on the way here too. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, not what people consider ideal weather. The funny thing about biking in Louisville is people like get their bikes out in the dead of summer when it's so hot. <laughs> you see all these bikes out. You're like, this is miserable. What are you doing? <laughs> I think this is perfect weather. But for a lot of people, it'd be, oh, it's a little too chilly now. You mm-hmm. know, I'm going to let that bike sit in the garage until summer and then no this is prime time yeah also i think people don't realize how much heat you generate when you're biking oh, totally. it feels a little uncomfortable at the beginning but once you get going like totally. you get pretty toasty even when it's really cold outside yeah 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 so i liked one of the things you said about how some of these small steps you were taking started snowballing a little bit mm-hmm. like it's self-reinforcing in a way, right? Like you, you learn more things as you go that help the other things become easier in a sense. Yes. Yeah. I think, well, I was thinking about that just now with bike commuting too, because the way that I got started bike commuting, like I said, I just, I picked a place I went all the time that was close to my house in Austin and it was just a coffee shop. And that for a long time was the only place that I really felt comfortable bike commuting to. But then next to that coffee shop was like a grocery store. And sometimes I would pop in and get some groceries and I got better at like carrying things on my bike. And then I was like, what if I went a little further to this other place that I need to run? And it just kind of like slowly I got more and more comfortable biking further into different places and also just being on the street more. And so, yeah, if you just try something small that feels comfortable, eventually you can kind of like branch out to the next thing that feels comfortable. And again, like I think doing something that like feels like it's benefiting you is is 
great too. Like doing something that's saving you a little bit of money or just feels easier. Like it doesn't need to feel hard, I guess is, is exactly. the point I want to get across. A lot of times the things that I'm doing for the environment feel like no brainers. Like they're yeah. easier and they make my life better and they make everyone else's life better too. Yeah. And that's so important. Yeah. And, you know, so much of this is about like just our habits that we're kind of stuck in a rut, always doing the same thing. And I see this with zero waste stuff, especially like you mentioned the idea of just bringing home a rag from work and mm -hmm. suddenly realizing that what, what am I doing with all these disposable things? Like when I take a zero waste look at the world and I like intentionally plan, I'm going to have a zero waste day. So I might bring my utensils. I might bring a plate if I know I'm going to place there's free food or something like that, right? But now it feels super awkward for me to take something disposable. Like almost like, what would I do with this? You know, like it's the exact opposite mindset of someone who, if you handed them a reusable napkin, they'd be like, what do I do with that? You know? Oh, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, totally. Totally. I mean, I think people are like, how do you get comfortable on a bike? And I'm to the point where I'm the opposite where like. I do have a driver's license still, and I have to drive maybe like three times a year, and it is always like horrifying. Terrifying, it right? is so scary, <laughs> and I feel so uncomfortable the whole time. And for me, when I leave the house, it's more of a like mental burden to get over getting in a car than it is for me to get on a bike because yeah. that's what's normal for me now. Yeah. But I yeah, yeah, same thing with the reusables. I got a plastic spoon on accident today, and I was like, dang it. Yeah, <laughs> I was getting really yeah. mad about dang it. it. <laughs> And you know that spoon is not going in the trash can. Emily's going to find a way to reuse it for sure. <laughs> no, I had the exact same experience when my family was here for Thanksgiving. One of the rare instances where I was getting in a car. And, of course, two things about that. Like, first of all, when we're going from A to B, there's like Amanda and I are like, okay, you go this way. And, and that way is totally how a cyclist would go, right? <laughs> Different route completely from what Google Maps is telling you to do. So that's the first funny thing. The second thing was like, we went on the interstate and that's something I do not do, right? So like, it was like totally different perspective on the city. And I could suddenly see where people are coming from when they tell me things about the city that I'm like, what? You know? And it just felt so incredibly fast and dangerous yes every time i get on the highway in a car like when i'm riding in a car i'm like this is so fast and like a car gets over next to us and i flinch <laughs> yeah 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 Ooh. yeah exactly i'm talking today on sustainability now with my good friend and neighbor emily coleman uh we're talking about how sustainability is for everyone people it's not about suffering and it's not about being particularly stoic or a green superhero Everybody can dive in somewhere. You're all at a different place on the spectrum of sustainability, right? And you can start being more sustainable every day in, in so many different ways. And that's what we're talking about today. So before we leave the topic of bike commuting, I know you had some resources you wanted to alert the community about, right? Falls City Community Bike Works. Yes. Tell us about that. They're great. I wish I went there more, honestly. Yeah. But they, I think they're open on Wednesdays and Sundays. Mm -hmm. I think they're having, um, well, my second resource I wanted to share was Bikes, Crews, Brews. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. Tell me about they're that. They're a great local group ride that meets mostly Sundays and they've been meeting at Logan Street Market Logan Street Market yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, I think they might start meeting at um there's a new brewery that's woman owned in the Portland neighborhood oh I know I should have looked that up before I but we stopped there this week when I went on a ride oh, with wow. them Shippingport 
Brewery? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they were talking about maybe starting to meet over there. But they meet Sundays at noon, and they do like about an hour-long ride. And it's not like hardcore fast. No. It's totally the opposite, Yeah, it's right? very, very welcoming. All types of people. All types of bike riders, too. Like, you see the whole gamut of bike riders. Commuters and people on BMX bikes and yeah. people on like... Uh, like one guy showed up this week with a flat tire and he got help with oh, changing nice. his flat tire before the ride. So very welcoming, very like easy pace. No one gets left behind. It's a great like group to get in with if you want to get into bike commuting or, or just bike riding in general and you don't know where to start. Like, right. So many people are just totally intimidated by Louisville streets and they yes. can't imagine themselves riding on right. them. And doing it by yourself alone in that mindset is probably not the best idea, right? Mm-hmm. So what a great thing. Like meet up with some people who are going to go ride on our streets anyway and they're totally welcoming and yes. that, that'll be so empowering for you if you've never done it before. Or even if you're a seasoned person and just want to meet some <laughs> other bike folks, then you want to check out Bikes, Cruise, Brews. Bikes, cruise, brews, <laughs> okay. yes. And they're, they also, um, bringing it back to Fall City, I think that one of their founders is starting to do a bike class at Fall City on Tuesdays. Oh, okay, cool. So they're kind of all in the same family. And if you guys. don't know about Fall City Community Bike Works, it is a cooperative, not-for-profit organization that sort of spun off of Bicycling for Louisville back in the day. And yeah, it's a nonprofit shop. It's a place you can go to get used parts, which is, is often hard to find. And with the supply chain issues of new parts these days, like maybe you don't have to wait six months to get that derailleur. Um, <laughs> and it's a place to get uh, restored used bikes. So it's great for sustainability. Mm-hmm. And it's a place you can get hands-on training in how to maintain your own bike which is so vital if you're going to do this regularly and be sustainable about it and not just every time you get a flat or any other problem you got to find time to take it into a bike shop leave it there like come on pay all that money forget about it come to full city community bike works and learn about it you can find them online at fccbikeworks.org and uh you also want to tell us about ride spot what's that yeah that's an app i've been using and it's been around for a little while, but they kind of just retooled it, and I feel like it's really nice now. Okay. <laughs> um, and you can put it on your phone, and it tracks your ride, but also there's challenges. Oh. And if you get through challenges, like, I've gotten some really cool patches in the mail. Oh. I got, like, a notebook, oh. and it's just for completing these, like, pretty simple challenges. So, um, <laughs> and I think they're run by an organization called Bikes for People. So they yeah, they do them. yeah they do good things in general and just it's a cool tool to like get fun prizes for biking nice. and like motivate yourself you know nice <laughs> yeah and there's also prizes through locally through every commute counts right yes yes that's correct they're another one where you can log what rides that you've done and I think they've for a while we're giving away vouchers to Kroger every month oh. they also have a link. To like an emergency pickup service yeah, exactly. that you can use. So like if you're biking and you have something happen and you need like a taxi or something to come get you, they'll refund you 100% through that program. And they also have resources for like car sharing and like carpooling. carpooling. And like transit and yeah, if they... you register as a bus commuter and your bus doesn't show up, mm-hmm. you can get that guaranteed ride home yes. too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And part of that ride is like if you need to stop by to pick up your kid from school right. or go to the grocery store on the way home, that's all included all to that ride home too. Mm-hmm. Every commute counts. 
find them online too. We'll have links to all these resources in the show notes to our podcast version of the program. So check that out at forwardradio.org. Anything else you want to say about bike commuting? Or maybe we should oh, set I, that one aside. I, mean, I we could, could talk, talk about it forever. About it. <laughs> I love bike commuting. <laughs> Let's talk about dirt and composting. You've really gotten into it, haven't I you? I have. <laughs> <laughs> Is it something you grew up doing? No, actually. Okay. Well, what got you motivated to try composting? Man, that's a good question. <laughs> How did this happen? Uh, I, I've always loved gardening. I know what it is. It comes back to money again. <laughs> I've always been a penny pincher, um, working class penny pincher. Yeah, I've always loved gardening. I've always loved taking care of plants. But, well, A, on a bike, it's hard to buy a giant bag of soil. Or if you're, you know, commuting by bus or whatever. Yeah. And also, I didn't want to pay for it, honestly. <laughs> uh, so I was like, well, there's composting. Like, I can make my own rich soil. And I can get compost tea out of it and all that good stuff. And so that's, I think that was the motivating thing for me to get into composting. And also, I don't have to throw so much stuff in the trash. Uh, I like the idea of, you know, using my food waste mm -hmm. the best that I can and putting it to good use. So. Mm -hmm. Now, you said a phrase that I know has gotten me into trouble with oh. people who aren't in the know. They're like, what now? Compost tea. Yes. What is that? <laughs> you don't drink it. No. <laughs> don't. I, um, I don't know if you could. It might make you sick. <laughs> and I, there's different definitions of compost. I know some people like add sugar and boil it and stuff oh, wow. and like make a concentrated thing out of it. When sometimes when I say compost tea, people think that's what I'm talking about. But for me, it's just like the water that comes out of your compost at, mm -hmm. at the bottom. If you've got it in a closed container, you can put like a spigot or have a hole in the bottom and collect that water. And it's very nutrient rich. It's just an organic liquid fertilizer yes. you can use. You can apply it to the leaves. Sometimes you want that foliar application of your fertilizer. Mm -hmm. And some people actually brew it by like putting their compost in a... In a coffee sack or something like that, in, in a bucket of water and brewing a compost tea. But mm -hmm. yeah. So you have both an outdoor, like what we would think of as traditional outdoor backyard composting, right? But you also have a vermicompost bin inside? I do. I keep it in my cellar. Wow. Yeah, because they like, you know, they don't want to get too cold or too hot. So okay. it's good to kind of keep them in an area where the temperature is not going to fluctuate too much. But I do. I've got a vermicompost bin with hundreds and hundreds of worms <laughs> in it. <laughs> <laughs> and they just, they're just happy little critters in yeah, there, Yeah, huh? they do. I mean, it has been like a little learning curve. I haven't ever killed my whole worm colony, which can happen. Mm. I have definitely made them angry. <laughs> They will, like, collect on the top and try to escape if they're not happy. Because <laughs> it gets too wet or something, right? Yeah, it gets too wet or it gets too dry. I've also had that happen where I'm, I'm not adding enough water because they breathe through their skin. Yeah. So they you need a, a certain amount of moisture. Yeah. Or if the bin gets, like, too acidic, mm -hmm. uh, that can be a problem. It sounds a little more complicated than just the backyard bin, right? You just throw whatever in there pretty much and make sure it's balancing the brown matter and the green matter so it's not too nitrogen rich. Mm -hmm. And Yes. And it's. I started with that one because it's easier to have indoors and it has a smaller like footprint. Yeah. But it it was a learning curve, right? Right, <laughs> for right. sure. Or if you're in a place where you can't have a backyard bin, yes, obviously you don't yeah. have an apartment or something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great solution too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you love the book, 
or the online resource called humanurehandbook.com. I do, yeah. What is humanure? <laughs> it is a book, but it's for free. There's a free PDF online okay. as well. So you can order the physical book if you want it. But if you just want to read it online, you can do that. Um, you don't have to do humanure if you don't want to. <laughs> Which means composting your own waste, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, not a lot of people are into that. Right. I've been to some cool places, though. Maine Hudson Trails, where it's a you hike hut to hut or you ski, cross-country ski hut to hut in Maine. Mm -hmm. And those are remote, off-the-grid kind of huts. And they have humanure composting oh, cool. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, So the, the toilets don't flush into the sewers. Mm -hmm. They go into a big composting operation in the basement of the building. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. yeah so anyway, he, he wanted to write this book. I think his goal is to provide, like, a clean way for rural communities to be able to get rid of human waste without it, like, you know, going into their water source or whatever. Uh, so he developed this method. But the other great thing about it is because it's for people who, you know, have stuff to do. He wanted to make like <laughs> an easy, an easy way to compost that doesn't take a lot of work. It you doesn't. don't have, yeah. you, you don't have to turn with this method. You don't have to turn it. You can yeah. build your compost like container out of like anything you right. happen to have around. Right. So it's like very easy to get started, very low cost and like very lazy. Like yeah. it does not need a lot of attention. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's why when I found that resource, I was like, this is the composting method for me. <laughs> Cause I did have a heap in the back that I was like turning all the time and it smelled bad and mm. like his methods like really it keeps animals out it keeps flies away it doesn't smell yep. it's cheap it's easy and yeah you barely have to pay attention to fantastic it. Mm -hmm. oh and this is the time of year with all these leaves mm -hmm. out on the curb right now I do my organic matter rescue squad with my bike trailer and I gather up those leaves and I save them for my gardens, a great mulch on your gardens, but also you can mix them in with your food scraps in your mm -hmm. compost bin if you don't have another source like wood chips or shredded newspaper or something like that to balance out all that green material. So yeah, this is the season to load up on the free leaves are a great resource. Uh, and then there's a Reddit group too, right? Yes, there's a Reddit group r slash composting. And I like them. And there's there's all different kinds of opinions on there. Like, <laughs> you know, just like with anything on the Internet. But you can, like, search within the group. So sometimes if I've got a question about composting, I'll, yeah. like, put in a phrase or term that I want to search about. And I can find people who've posted questions about it and yeah. get all kinds of information that people from people who are actually composting and what they've done and what they found. And, and I really like Reddit as a source of information for things generally. And it's... To me, I don't know, it seems like a little bit more of a positive space on the internet, especially nice. for something that's kind of in the social media realm. Nice. So, yeah. Reddit r slash uh, composting group. Mm -hmm. And the last thing you wanted to say is that there's a new Share Waste app, right? Yes. I think it's just called Share Waste. It's an app and you can find people in your neighborhood that are composting and donate compost to their composting pile if you don't have one or you don't have the time to run one. Right. Um, and I am on there. Nice. Yeah. And I just colloquially, like not through the app, but just through <laughs> like my community, I compost for a couple other neighbors and oh, they just nice. drop it off on my porch and I throw it in when I get a chance. And so, yeah. Yeah. Now you think you're the only person in Louisville on that? Is that right? Well, I don't know if I'm the only person in my neighborhood. Like when I haven't okay. checked recently, but I put myself on there like maybe a month or so ago. And at, at that time, I was the only person on there and I haven't gotten contacted yet. From anyone through the app. Okay. I have, I have just so through. So not a lot of other people are using it. Okay. Yes, okay. Because so. I think L 
community composting yes. project as well as the compost co-op, the Louisville Compost Co-op, mm. might mm-hmm. be on there to let people know that they have that service available for pickup or drop-off of your organics. Mm-hmm. If you want to keep them out of the landfill, That's keep right. them from making methane, contributing mm-hmm. to the greatest crisis facing humanity, hey, let's make some rich organic fertilizer out of it instead. I'm talking today with my friend and neighbor, Emily Coleman. She's on Instagram, and we're going to talk about that in a minute at, at tired of being a chicken. And we're just talking about regular people chipping in for sustainability, doing things in their lives and buying nothing, too. There are buying nothing groups, right? Tell us about that. Yeah, there's a bunch of free groups in Louisville, but my favorite one is the Buy Nothing group. And there's an organization that kind of came up with this framework for Buy Nothing groups, and they call it a gift economy. And you can post one of three kinds of posts on there. One is gratitude, just being thankful for what you have or what you've received from the group or relationships that you've made through the group. Um, Another one is giving, where you can just give something away. And another thing is ask, where you can ask for something. And everything is given freely. There's no bartering or trading, no money, switching hands. It's all just gifted. And it's also um, hyper-local. So the groups are purposely set up so that it should be easy for anyone in the group to walk or bike to a pickup point. Nice. And I've met a ton of neighbors that I never would have met otherwise through my Buy Nothing group. And I just, I really enjoy it. I think it's a great community resource. And they just, they were just kind of online however people could set it up. There's a lot of Facebook groups. But they've just released their own app now so i think that'll make it a little bit more easy for people to get plugged into it nice yeah and there's even a group for just kentucky native plant swapping Mm -hmm. how cool is that yeah and they're also a little bit they have like an overarching group but it got kind of out of hand so they've split it up into different parts of louisville so you can also get kind of involved in your like I'm in the central group, and I think that there's four other ones besides that. And, yeah, you can get all kinds of native plants. I just went to a native uh, seed swap. They did a citywide one with all the groups all together. And I got so many seeds, and I'm really excited. I, like, spent all day the other day planting them all. (laughs) Because you are big into de-lawning. Yes, I am. I am. I'm, like, obsessed with, you know, the, like, strip of grass between your sidewalk and the street people call it a hell strip (laughs) on the internet (laughs) and i'm like trying to get rid of all the grass in my hell strip and have like nice plants that are pretty and and attract pollinators yeah what's with this green desert doing nothing for nobody oh keeping up with the joneses gotta mow it every week (laughs) oh my gosh let's plant something native that is low maintenance how about that see sustainability is easy Mm -hmm. it's easier yes yes it's easier than what you're doing already right uh and there's another instagrammer that you wanted to point out at Mm non-consumer wow what's that She's very involved with her Buy Nothing group as well. I think she lives in Oregon, maybe? Okay. But I just really like her, and she's got a really good tagline. I think you've got it there. What is it? Use it up, wear it out, make it do or do without. That's right. Yeah. And she, I think she said she hasn't bought anything new for, like, I don't no know way. how, for forever. She's. I think she buys socks and underwear new, and that's it. Yeah. And yeah. she gets most of her stuff from eBay or Goodwill and 
I just I just really enjoy all of her posts and her ethos, and <laughs> I think she's great. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Now, there's other things I know you want to highlight before we get to your uh, Instagram story about just reduced waste living in general, especially local stuff. So tell us about Toza. Yeah, Toza is a new, like, I think she started out doing soaps, but now she's doing zero waste in general in her store. She's on Barrett. Oh, okay. Um, it's a great store. I think it just opened this year. Oh, yeah. Um, she was previously at Logan Street Market before COVID, uh, and then took a break and then bought, like, her own brick-and-mortar store. And she just has really great stuff over there, like, all kinds of... Uh, Soaps and like zero waste containers and um, oh. like toothpaste tablets and there's uh-huh. no plastic in her store. Everything wow. is like reusable or compostable. She's got a refill bar and what? she. I talked to her this week too because she wants to start doing community composting too. Nice, nice. Uh-huh, but she hasn't quite gotten there yet. But we talked a lot about that the other day. We nerded out. So I could bring in my bottle and get like refill it with shampoo and stuff like that. Yes, I'm trying to remember all the things she offers there: shampoo and conditioner. Nice different cleaners yeah she's and she's got some food stuff there too she's got jars of food from garden girl foods yeah and like jams and uh she's got teas and honestly every time i go there she's doing something new (laughs) which (laughs) is really exciting wow Um, so yeah that's toza t-o-z-a on barrett avenue check that out Mm -hmm. and then coco what is coco coco is a similar thing where they're another refillery bar zero waste no plastic yeah another great resource if you're trying to reduce the waste that you're creating and they're right here a fourth street neighbor right yes fourth street and oak i believe fourth and oak Uh yeah in the you may see signs that say forage, right? Because they're co-located with a plant shop. Yes, mm-hmm. that's correct. Uh, yeah, which is dangerous for me. <laughs> Every time I go in, I'm like, you don't need another plant. You don't have any space for any more plants. <laughs> and there are some places, if you're a coffee drinker, right, that let you refill your container? Yes, I've been working on I I sent emails to a few different coffee shops being like, I would like to refill my jar, please. And the only one I heard back from was Bean. And actually, I did that today. I bring in like big ball jars. The container that you bring in has to be able to fit 12 ounces of beans, I believe is the rule. Um, But yeah, they'll take it and go in the back and fill it up and then you can be on your way. And I I really hate coffee bags because they're really hard to recycle or not recyclable at all. They're a lot of compost because they have plastic. Right. And there are a lot of like laminated materials that. Yeah, they're just I but I love coffee. So I (laughs) wanted to be able to get coffee and not feel guilty about it. Right. And another one in that vein is Red Hot Roasters oh. at Payne Street and Lexington nice. with their bike up window. There's usually these polluting vehicles in front of me, but <laughs> you can bike right up to the window and refill your can. I did not know yeah, that. Exactly. I should have asked you. Of course They're you know about another resource. Of course, yeah. Um, so Bean Coffee and Red Hot Roasters are two places you can go yes. for zero waste coffee. Yes, and Bean Coffee has a coffee blend called Morning Bike Ride, and that's the one that nice. I usually get. <laughs> <laughs> and you make your own deodorant too this is something amanda's gotten into tell me is it really easy yes it's very easy it's very cheap i've been doing it for years and i love it it's an equal part of i mean there's different recipes you sure, can find right? online the one that i use though because it's easy for me to remember is equal parts of baking soda and then you can do 
cornstarch is like the easiest way. You can also use arrowroot powder, but that's mm. a little more expensive and harder to find. So mm. cornstarch and baking soda, equal parts. I usually go a little less on the baking soda because it sometimes can irritate people's skin. Mm. And then you just add enough coconut oil till it good oh. consistency for spreading. And that's really all you have to do. You can add some like 10 drops of essential oil if you want it to smell like anything. Yeah. But yeah, it's just... If you want you to smell like it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, but, that's fun. Yeah. So what what do you put that into? Uh, usually just a jar. Like oh, really? A little jar, yeah. And I keep it in the cabinet and I open it up and just spread it in my armpits with my fingers. With fingers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Huh. Mm-hmm. I never even thought about applying mm-hmm. deodorant like that. Okay, cool. Yeah, so many things are easy to make at home, and so much you save so much money. Yogurt is like the easiest thing in the world to make at home. Mm-hmm. I do that all the time. I make my own kombucha now. You get the starter once and from a friend even for free, right? Like it, it makes more every time. So I'm happy to share my starter with anybody. <laughs> and it's, you just make tea and put it in there and add a little sweetener, and suddenly you got this great beverage that you make yourself mm-hmm. that you would pay tons of money for and yes. have a disposable bottle with, right? Like, oh, forget about that. And then, of course, we can grow food, right? Mm-hmm. You've been a gardener for a while. What's your favorite stuff to grow? Oh, what's my favorite stuff to grow? <laughs> I found that chard has done really well yeah. here. It's been kind of a learning curve because I lived in Texas for so long. <laughs> right. And things that I could grow in Texas, I can't grow here and vice versa. <laughs> and I love growing herbs. And there's so many herbs that come back every year. That, oh, like, they do. Once you put them in your garden, you almost cannot get rid of them. Uh, so that's great tomatoes do well here peppers like i had a habanero bush this year that like i couldn't use or give away the habaneros Uh fast uh enough (laughs) it just kept going and going um but i got a lot of good hot sauce from people yeah i I would give them habaneros and they'd come back a day later with a really nice jar of hot sauce yeah yeah Uh gosh i'm trying to think of i grew uh, nasturtiums this year which go a little crazy but they are also very low maintenance, and their greens and flowers are edible. You can put them in salads and stuff. And again, you just grew this in your yard. You ripped out the grass and mm-hmm. put down some compost and mm-hmm. got growing, right? Yeah, awesome. that's right. All right, we're 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 getting near the end of the time, and I want to leave time for the social media story. So we're going to do a lightning round of other weird things you do to reduce your waste. <laughs> just a few sentences about bidets. Yes, I, we have a bidet, and we put it in right before COVID, and when there was a toilet paper shortage, you were sad. we were fine. It was wonderful. <laughs> it's just the retrofit toilet seat, right? Yeah, uh-huh. you can get uh, We got ours from Genie Bidet, and we even needed like a special hookup because our toilet's weird, and they sent that to us for free, and we're really wow. helpful getting that installed. So, Do it. Bidets. Toothpaste tablets? What are toothpaste tablets? <laughs> they look like little pills, and uh, you can get them at Toza, and I think that Coco has them too, and you can bring in your own jar and get a refill and you just chew them up in your mouth and then brush your teeth like normal. Wow. Mm -hmm. And no waste. Mm -hmm. Reusable toilet paper? Now that's weird. Wait, you've got a bidet. What do you need that for? Well, it's good to dry (laughs) off with. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, you can get, um, actually, I think Coco has some like nice felt pre-cut squares, but you can also just like cut up an old t-shirt and then just do like a bleach load when. There you go. You need to clean them. I don't ask my friends to use them. I have toilet paper don't for my friends. Don't things on yeah. other people. <laughs> but for me, like, I don't need to buy toilet paper for myself. Awesome. Beeswax covers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they make, uh, like, fabric that's infused with beeswax, and you can use it just like saran wrap. And then when that's done, you can just throw it in the compost. So, uh. yeah. 
And reusable silicone covers? I've seen those. What, yeah. yeah. What's that? They're this, a similar thing, but okay. they're made out of silicone, and you can wa- you can put them in the dishwasher. Or oh, right. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Compostable floss, really? Yes. Oh, you can get that at Coco for sure. I've seen it there. I'm not sure if Toza has it or not. It's made of bamboo fiber. I think that they do. Yeah, I think they make it out of different... I think the one that I have is made out of like a silk or something. Oh, really? But yeah, and you can get it in a glass container with like a little screw off top with the little cutter in the top and mm-hmm. everything. And then you just replace the floss when you need Sweet. to. Sweet. Mm-hmm. No waste. Boar's hair toothbrush. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I found that one recently on... There's a website called Life Without Plastic. And they sell those. And I found one recently, I'm not sure where, but they had coconut fiber bristles. But there's a lot of, like, compostable toothbrushes, but then you realize they have plastic bristles. Oh, really? Weird. Uh Uh-huh. So you can compost the handle, but not the top. Yeah. Well, that's that's better than nothing. Mm -hmm. And then safety razors. Yeah, safety razors are like the old school razors where you put the blades in there, but you can recycle the blades and then you're not throwing out those plastic handles exactly, all the time exactly yeah. wonderful all right we'll stop it there because we could go on all night about <laughs> yes. silly zero waste things uh but i do want to just end on your social media your return to social media story mm-hmm. so you recently started this new instagram at tired of being a chicken <laughs> tell right. us the story of where that name came from uh well, i told you when we started i had never heard anyone say the name out loud before <laughs> but it's kind of perfect because it is silly and i don't want to take myself too seriously Good, and like, I want good. the account to feel approachable. <laughs> but there's a radio show I've been listening to that I really like, and it's called How to Save a Planet. And they give easy action steps um, every episode for things you can do to help with the fight against climate crisis. Sweet. And one thing they were saying is that it's really helpful for you just to talk about your feelings of climate crisis and what you're doing, especially because they were saying that Polls show that most people think that that climate crisis is real and are concerned about it. Yeah. But I think a lot of people are embarrassed to talk about it. It feels like something along the lines of like, you know, politics, something like that. So, well, and I think we feel inadequate, like to, yes. to address this global crisis. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so they were saying, you know, just talk about it. Show your community what you're doing and, and be open about it. So I thought, well, I'll start an Instagram and I'll just post what I'm doing on the the day-to-day level and and put in my stories like local resources that people might be interested in and hopefully that'll resonate with somebody and spread and make ripples in our community is my hope. So none of us need to be afraid of taking action. We don't need to cower in fear of the global climate crisis. It's actually fun, you all, Mm -hmm. to address it head on and take it on and take ownership of this and do something about it instead of just reading about it or hearing about it and feeling more and more stressed. I think if you ever met Emily in the streets, you would know that this is not (laughs) about suffering. It is about pure joy. And I hope. I hope I share that message, too, on my show all the time. Um, I mean, I think you do. Yeah. I love your show. Thank yeah. you. Oh, thank I find, you. Like, I find it very inspiring and positive. So check her out on Instagram at Tired of Being a Chicken. And we'll put links to all the great resources that Emily shared today on the of the podcast versions on the show notes. Uh, thank you so much, Emily, for coming in today. This was a great, great conversation. And I hope it inspired lots of regular people like you. <laughs> To stop sitting on their hands and start doing something. Yeah, I hope so, Do something weird. It's fun. (laughs) Yeah, be weird. That's right.
<laughs> that's the message today is be weird. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thanks for coming on and inspiring us all. I hope to have you back on sometime. Stay tuned, everybody. Coming up in just a minute, I've got your weird action calendar for the week with all kinds of ideas about how you can join this movement today. So stay tuned. I was a child, I walked these hills, drank from the streams and heard the whippoorwills, and I ran through the fields just as fast as I could, through rocks in the creek, from the deep green woods, climbed up on the mountain, there as fresh as could be. Then my Kentucky soul fly free, fly free, fly free Down from the Ohio to the Big Sandy And up in the mountain holler down to the big city Gonna let my Kentucky soul fly free Now I'm a man, I live in the big city It's a crazy life, don't bother me Cause deep down inside, I'm still a country boy You know I gotta get back to where I was born Down by the rivers, where I long to be Kentucky soul fly free, fly free, fly free down from the Ohio to the big sandy and up in the mountain hollow down to the big city. Don't let my Kentucky soul fly free. Get it now. We're back here on Sustainability Now with me, Justin Mogg, listening to the sweet, sweet sounds of Appalatin. Many thanks to them for giving us permission to use their great local tunes on the podcast versions of our programs, which you can find archived at forwardradio.org. Well, I hope you've gotten your pencils sharpened and your calendars out, because this is the week for action for sustainability, my friends. No reason to wait another day. Get started now. What can you do this week? Well, coming up on Wednesday, December 8th, it's the next, yes, they've already started, the Winter Orchard Care Workshops. You might remember me talking about these last year. Forward Radio's community partner, the Urban Agriculture Coalition, is seeking volunteers to help take care of our community orchards. And the next opportunity is coming up this Wednesday, the 8th, from 2 to 4 p.m., out at Americana Community Center, 4801 Southside Drive. And they uh, that will be the last Winter Orchard Care Workshop of 2021. They'll begin again 
on January 29th, if not sooner, and continue through February. You can come out and learn some simple tricks for taking advantage of the dormancy period to improve the health and productivity of fruit trees. Winter is the perfect time for pruning orchard trees in order to reduce disease and increase fruit production. These are workshops, so please dress for the weather and be ready to work outdoors. You will learn from local experts on how to do low-maintenance organic orchard care. Tools will be provided, but of course, if you have a favorite pruning tool, you're welcome to bring it along. The Urban Agriculture Coalition is a working group of the Food in Neighborhoods Community Coalition. Finn is a community coalition that supports grassroots efforts to build a just, healthy, and sustainable food system right here in Louisville. You can learn more about the Urban Ag Coalition at Food in neighborhoods.org slash grow and more information about these orchard pruning parties and volunteer registration is available at tinyurl.com slash orchard care the number 21-22 that's tinyurl.com slash orchard care 21-22 now coming up saturday december 11th Man, there's so much going on in sustainability. You won't be able to do it all. So listen carefully, my friends, and choose wisely. Some of these are long events that you can drop in on. So the first one starts at 10 a.m. on Saturday. It's the last pop-up drop-off free recycling event for residents of Jefferson County of the year, taking place out at Shawnee Park from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturday. Enter at the Southwestern Parkway and River Park Drive entrance. Accepted items for recycling include up to three electronic items, metal and appliances, up to four passenger tires for recycling. Uh, of course, your household recyclables using the usual curbside rules. Yard waste for composting. Uh, wooden pallets will also be composted as well. There'll be documents of the, uh, for shredding. You can, you can bring your documents for shredding and recycling there. And there is an opportunity to properly dispose of any expired or old or outdated or unneeded prescription prescription medications as well. You can bring all that stuff out to Shawnee Park at Southwestern Parkway and River Park Drive on Saturday the 11th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. There's also some lovely events taking place on Saturday at the Louisville Nature Center, 3745 Illinois Avenue. From 9 to 2 on Saturday, there'll be a Holly and Ivy event. Make this holiday event a tradition with your family and friends. Enjoy hot chocolate and snacks while making your own wreath, swags, and table decorations from live greenery from the Nature Center. Ribbons, gloves, and wire cutters are provided, but you're welcome to bring your own tools and while you're there you might want to join the winter tree id class on saturday from 10 a.m to noon at the louisville nature center winter can feel slow in the forest but it's actually the perfect time to enhance your tree identification skills to know a tree by its bark is the easiest way to identify species all year round on this one and a half mile hike jacob will take your tree id skills to the next level members are free you can learn more and register at louisville naturecenter.org or call 502-458-1328 that's louisvillenaturecenter.org for these great events coming up on Saturday the 11th 
Now, also, I want to let you know about a protest taking place on Saturday at 11 a.m. It's called How the Grinch Stole Medicare, and they're going to be protesting at Humana. They're at 500 West Main Street. For Radio's community partner, the Kentuckians for single-payer health care and others will gather outside the headquarters of Humana on Saturday morning to demand an end to Medicare Direct Contracting, a program that could fully privatize traditional fee-for-service Medicare without a vote by Congress. The protest will include Jill Harmer and the single-payer singers, Stephen Bartlett and his band, Stephen Katz in full costume as the Grinch, and the reading of the Grinch poem from National Single Payer about the stealing of Medicare. Humana is one of 53 for-profit direct contracting entities into which seniors who have chosen traditional Medicare can be placed without their consent. Come on out and protest this on Saturday, December 11th at 11 a.m. at Humana's headquarters at 500 West Main Street. More information is available at kyhealthcare.org. That's kyhealthcare.org. And also on Saturday the 11th, and yes, this is the last one I'll mention, from 1 to 4 p.m., this is where I will be, my friends, planting trees in our downtown central business district. It is the last community tree planting of the year with Metro Division of Community Forestry. Louisville Parks and Rec is seeking volunteers to help with this final fall planting of street trees in our urban core. No experience is necessary. Tools, gloves, and instruction is provided, and it is a whole lot of fun to plant trees with new friends and with some staff from Louisville Metro. This year they're focusing on the downtown central business district because it is indeed one of the worst heat islands in Louisville. You'll need to register for these volunteer opportunities in order to be sent the specific location for the Saturday 1pm planting and you can do so using the Better Impact app. Find the link to register at facebook.com slash L-O-U Lou Urban Forestry Facebook.com slash L-O-U Urban Forestry or for any questions you can get in touch with the amazing Sarah Flarsheim at S-A-R-A-H dot F-L-A-R-S-H-E-I-M at LouisvilleKY.gov You can also call or text Sarah at 502-901-8191 and coming up on Sunday, December 12th, the Louisville Nature Center is also hosting a beginning a beginner birding event at uh, the Nature Center. Take your birding to the next level on this guided hike. Rosemary Bauman, an experienced naturalist and bird watcher, will help participants to identify some of Louisville's beautiful birds. This is a great time of the year to catch migratory species. Participants will learn ID tips such as field marks, behavior, habitat, vocalizations, and more. This is for all skill levels of birding, ages 12 and up. Binoculars are recommended and you can borrow a pair from the center. Learn more and register for this 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. beginner birding walk on Sunday at the Louisville Nature Center by going to louisvillenaturecenter.org. And it's the deadline is not this week, but next. But I want to let you know in plenty of time that the deadline to apply for Interfaith Power and Light's Cool Congregation Challenge is coming up on December 15th. Are you part of a religious congregation that has taken steps to be a good steward of the earth? Well, Wednesday, uh, this 
Wednesday the 15th is the deadline to submit your congregation's actions to Interfaith Power and Light's Cool Congregations Challenge for the chance to win $1,000 for your congregation. The challenge is IPL's annual national contest to recognize those congregations that are becoming more energy efficient and, sus and sustainable role models within their communities. There are six entry categories. These include number one, energy saver, whether it's lighting, insulation, windows, doors, heating and cooling systems. Number two is a renewable role model if you're doing solar, wind, geothermal, solar, water heating. Number three is sacred grounds if your congregation's doing native landscaping, organic gardening, water conservation, bike racks, wildlife habitats, recycling and composting. Number four is community inspiration. Are you inspiring congregants to reduce at home, helping communities transition from fossil fuels, helping them prepare for the impacts of climate change? Number five is cool congregations planner, whether you're doing audits, planning reports, fundraising, and there is a sixth category, electric vehicle leader for EVs, charging stations, education, advocacy, and outreach. Projects can take place inside the worship space or other buildings, on the grounds, in congregants' homes, or in the community. IPL recognizes the difficulties caused by COVID. So once again, IPL is expanding the guidelines for the challenge such that if your projects were completed in 2019, 20, or 21, your congregation is eligible to apply, or you could consider applying for the cool planner, planner category if your congregation has made plans that you had hoped to complete this year, but were not able to do so because of COVID. Well, all details are available online, and that's how you apply by the 15th at coolcongregations.org. Just go to coolcongregations.org. And a couple other reminders before we leave you. Again, I want to remind you that Louisville Neighborhood Associations have the opportunities to get 50 free trees for planting in your neighborhood. The Division of Community Forestry can give your neighborhood association 50 trees to plant along the right of way. Please contact the Division of Community Forestry to get started by emailing communityforestry at louisvilleky.gov. And I also want to let you know and encourage you to submit your comments. Louisville Gas and Electric, lg &E, and Kentucky Utilities have submitted its 2021 Joint Integrated Resource Plan, or IRP, to the Kentucky Public Service Commission. Now, IRPs are long-range roadmaps developed by utilities to describe how they plan to meet the energy needs of the areas they serve over the next several years. Honestly, not much could be more important for our global future at this point if we can continue to rely on fossil fuels. We are dooming ourselves. Louisville Metro Government will be submitting comments pertaining to Louisville's clean energy resolution and sustainability goals, but residents can also view the IRP filing, and you can go to psc.ky.gov to find it and submit your formal comments to psc.info at ky.gov, referencing the case number, which would be 2021-00393, and reference that case number in the email subject line. That's 2021-00393, and include your full name and residential address in the email body. Again, to view the filing, go to psc.ky.gov and look for case number 2021-00393 to make your comments about LG&E's long-range plan, the Integrated Resource Plan and make your comments today. Well, that's all the time we have for today here on Sustainability Now. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I look forward to being back in your ears again in one week's time, my friends. Be well. Be well.